0: And welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part one of our conversation with two-time Olympian and six-time world champion Kendall Coyne Schofield a forward on the United States women's ice hockey team who has her eyes set on the Beijing Olympics. At age 29, Kendall has already played 153 games for Team USA, tallying 73 goals and 81 assists for 154 points. She's known for her unparalleled speed, on ice vision, and scorer's touch. And though she is just five foot two and 125 pounds, she is a powerhouse. For Kendall, squatting her 300-pound NFL player husband, Michael Schofield, a guard for the Los Angeles Chargers, is no problem. Kendall is also a player development coach for the NHL Chicago Blackhawks, her hometown team, a co-owner of the Chicago Red Stars women's professional soccer team, and the author of an upcoming book, As Fast As Her, which she hopes will inspire young women everywhere, to dream big and never give up how are you doing it's so good to see you you too where are you
1: at What's are you in new jersey new york new jersey where are you um uh, minnesota right now so you're between minnesota la chicago kind of <laughs> not yeah more so just like we're here for the olympic year so we're here and then like if we get like a break i'll go to chicago maybe LA a little bit, just depending on like his schedule, but mostly, yeah, once this year wraps up like February, I'll go back to Chicago. Okay. So I'm just uh, here for the Olympic year.
0: So how often do you get to see your husband who, if we use this part, if people are listening, he's a guard for the Raiders and he's, uh, Chargers. I'm sorry, the Chargers and not in Minnesota. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I mean, not, not often, but once the season ends, we, we enjoy the off season together. So this is just a unique year because it's an Olympic year. So, but yeah, no, we, we make it work. It's, it's obviously not fun, but we know what each other's doing and appreciate what we're both trying to accomplish at the same time. So we'll both get back to Chicago as soon as the season's end.
0: So Minnesota is with team USA. Yes. And all the girls are there at this point. yes cool. So you guys are currently playing on this, my Y tour, which I believe is nine games between team USA and team Canada that goes through the beginning of January. Can you talk a little bit about how that's been?
1: Yeah. So it's always an Olympic year is always a special year because we do get to be together. And especially given the challenges of the last 18 months with the pandemic, it's even more special to be together because we did miss out on a lot of opportunities rightfully so because of the pandemic. So uh, we moved here in, to Minnesota in October and we've been here full-time since then. And, you know, just get to wake up every day and, and get us closer to our common goal, like just getting the reps together, the workouts together, the practices together. Like we're on our own so much in non-Olympic years that like when we do get to be together, it's so special. And a part of being together is the Olympic, the pre-Olympic tour, the My Why Tour. And so we've, we've enjoyed being on that. We're two and two, the series is two and two right now. So we'll play Canada three more times this month and then two more times in January uh, before the Olympics. And we play them a lot. We were supposed to have team Finland as well in the mix, but they had to pull out last minute. So we're not going to be playing them. So I wish we could play other countries too, just because the the rest of the world is is great as well. And, but um, you know, these games against the U S and for the U S and Canada are awesome opportunities, not only to showcase our game, but for us to get better, for the Olympics. So there's a lot of things, whether it's different lineups, working on different things, you know, we've gotten better each game and there's certain things we've gotten better at, you know, we get to look and learn from. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been fun so far.
0: (laughs) So when you play the same team, obviously you play team Canada a lot because you're, probably the two best teams in the world and you end up in a lot of finals and facing each other in a lot of tournaments. You know each other really, really well, which I'm sure has negatives and positives. So when you're talking about switching up lineups and, and kind of facing them in a different way every time, what do you learn by playing them so often?
1: I think we learn more about ourselves than we do about them. I think we we learn about just the way we compete, the way we battle, the the way we do things, the way we may want to adjust some things. I think we look at our play versus their play, and that's important part of our process.
0: So... You as a player, you're only 5'2". You're about 125 pounds, I think, the smallest player still on the the U.S. women's team. But you are super, super fast. You had that opportunity to compete in the fastest skater competition at the NHL All-Star Game in 2019. You were less than a second behind Connor McDavid, who's the fastest guy in the NHL, who also happens to outweigh you by 70 or 80 pounds. The speed of yours is obviously a gift, but how much do you have to work on it?
1: I work on it a lot. And I think there's definitely a little bit of a gift inside me that I was born with in terms of speed. But I think that's the one thing a lot of people assume as I don't work on my speed. It was just given. And I think that's one thing that I'm proud of is just continuously working on it and continuously getting faster. I think there's some people that say, Oh, no, there's no way you can get faster. And there, there definitely is a way if there's a will, there's a way. And, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the ways that I do work on my speed, whether it's a lot of, it's like one legged workouts, explosive workouts, some Olympic lifts here and there, but it's, there's definitely ways to get faster. And I, I work on that, especially on the ice too, whether it's power skating and turning your weaknesses into strengths. And, you know, while speed has always been a strength of mine, I know there's areas in which I can improve my speed and, and that's on the ice and off the ice. So some of the work I do off the ice, whether it's with my flexibility, my one leg workouts or my just explosive workouts, I that's what I do. And so, yeah, it's a combination of a lot of things, but there's definitely a way to continue to work on it and to get faster.
0: I think a lot of people think about skating, like hockey players who skate, It's kind of like soccer players who run and it's just the soccer players are doing wind sprints and whatnot, but their speed is kind of their speed. You don't think of them as working on speed continuously, which a lot of players do. Runners, of course, do it. There's all kinds of drills that you can do to run faster. So uh, there's obviously all the drills that you can do to skate faster. I've done them. I hate them. I'm sure you have a love-hate relationship with them.
1: I love them. I've always loved power skating as a kid. I love working on skating, you know, there's a difference between being fast and being quick. And I think you have to work on both of those, but also to like, there's, when you incorporate a puck, your speed goes down. So you can be a fast skater without the puck, but what happens when you incorporate a puck? Uh, and how do you, how do you work on your change of speed, right? You can be fast, but you need to be deceptive with your speed. So there's so many different ways to, to work on speed and quickness on and off the ice. And, and I embrace it. I love it. I have no complaints about it.
0: <laughs> when was the first time, I mean, you've been playing hockey since you were five years old. When was the first time you realized that you were faster than the others?
1: I don't really remember. Honestly, like my brother and I, we always like raced and he's really fast too. But I think like I recognized it more so when I grew up playing baseball and softball because I would bunt and I would beat out like a, a throw to first and everyone's like, Oh my goodness!" like she was actually safe. And like, I'd hear things like that, where I was like, oh, maybe that's not normal. Or, you know, it is a little bit faster than normal. And then hockey, I didn't really, I just love to skate and go fast. I didn't really hear it until, or feel it until later, I think.
0: So your speed on the base paths actually translated to speed on the ice, like just with probably with turnover, huh?
1: Oh yeah. Like I, definitely, you know, I think I'm, I'm probably a faster runner than skater, maybe? I don't know. It's been a while. I'm not a good runner now. When I was a kid, I should say. Um, Don't ask me to run now. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that was a big part of it too. Growing up, I did so many different sports. So each sport helped the other, whether it was hand-eye coordination, it was speed, it was running, it was translating on the ice, off the ice. And so I think that's one thing that's so important for, for young kids is to to play as many sports as they can try different things, try new things. But that was one thing I did love about playing baseball. And then softball was I was a left-handed batter. So I would bond or slap and, try and beat it out to first and then steal base. And so that part of my speed definitely helped my game. And yeah.
0: How old were you when you started to focus primarily on hockey? I stopped playing softball
1: after my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Do you miss it? Oh yeah. I miss it a lot. I loved softball and baseball. I still love watching baseball and softball go white Sox. Um, But yeah, I, yeah, I missed it a lot. It was, I loved it. I wish I could have played it through high school, but I made the national team during my sophomore year. So I really had to kind of make that commitment and I don't regret it, but I do miss the game.
0: So the first play I saw you make on an ice rink was like in 2009 or 10. I can't remember when. And you were a kid, a teenager still, and you were cutting across the ice. There was a bouncing puck. You swatted it out of the air with your glove, put it down in front of you, and made a pass to somebody streaking up the other side. And she shot it wide, but your part of the play was amazing and showed so much of that on ice vision that you have kind of become famous for when you first started playing hockey, was this something, you know, that is also an innate, an innate ability. You can work on it. Like you can work on your speed, but it is also kind of a God given talent to be able to see the ice and anticipate and do some of the things that you do. Were you, I mean, I'm going to say you were that good from the beginning, but were you good at hockey when you first started?
1: I don't really remember. I just remember loving Being at the rink, yeah, and I think that helped me develop my skills because I was so passionate about doing what I did. I loved doing it. My parents never once made me go to the rink. I was the one waking up, waking them up to go (laughs) to the rink, saying, "We got to go, we got to go. Is there hockey today?" And I just, I just loved skating fast. I loved being at the rink. I loved trying to follow my older brother and keep up with him. And so I think it's just it's so important to love what you do and. I think that's why I've been able to get to where I am today is because I just love this game so much. And I think part of loving the game is watching the game. I loved watching it too. And I think that also helped, you know, whether it's reading the play or just seeing the finer details of the game, I I love watching the game of hockey. And uh, I think that's also helped develop some of my skill set as well.
0: It is. Even when you talk about it, you get the big grit. It's so fun (laughs) to see (laughs) back then. You were skating with Angela Ruggiero that day when I first met you, and she was giving you pointers at the time about how to be strong for hockey. And she mentioned things like push-ups to side planks and dumbbell bench presses and walking lunges. I'm wondering if you still do those kind of basic exercises all these years later.
1: Oh uh, yeah, and I will say I still look to Angela for advice even to this day. You know, she's been an incredible pioneer, uh, one of the greatest to ever play this game, and you know she's a legend and she's someone that all of us look up to and and lean on for guidance and advice and whether that's pushups and sit ups or just you know anything off the ice she's a great friend and advocate for us us to have Um, uh, but i do i'm going to say it i do pushups more than i do sit ups now but my workout routine has definitely evolved since i was 15 uh, <laughs> a lot of you know then i was doing a lot of body weight body stuff weight. Yeah. Just because I didn't, wasn't really introduced to weights yet. And I don't think I really needed to be until then, until I joined the U S program and I had a strength coach and I had a proper foundation on how to lift. So I think the advice Angela was giving me was perfect advice because I knew how to do pushups. I knew how to do sit-ups, whether I learned it from like PE class or, or something else, I knew how to do those. And then when I got a strength coach, I learned how to do other exercises and I was able to evolve my workout routine from there. So I still do some of those things, but it's a little bit different now that I'm I'm, uh, almost uh, 30.
0: (laughs) I can't believe that. But yeah, so you've always been one of the smaller players on the ice. Were you aware from a young age that you would probably have to work really hard off the ice to be able to compete on the ice against much bigger girls and and stay healthy, kind of leaning on and pushing against them day in and, and day out?
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, There were a lot of people growing up that would tell me I'm small or I'm too small or things like that. And especially when I joined the national team, I recognized that I was my first camp. I would think I was five foot zero, 105 pounds. Um, And I was significantly smaller and slighter than everybody else. I think, you know, I had a moment when I saw all of the veteran players like Angela working out and seeing how strong they were seeing just how, how they approach their every day with their nutrition, with their sleep habits, you know, taking care of their bodies, everything that they did was for them to be great and to be a lead at, at what they do. And so it was seeing them and learning from them and realizing like, it doesn't matter if I'm the smallest player, there's no reason I can't be the strongest player. I'm going to have to be the strongest player because when I joined the program early on, I did get pushed around. I was, Angela comes and wants to get the puck from me. So she's getting the puck from me. No, she's just gonna put her shoulder into me and get it. And I was like, well, I need to be stronger if I wanna win these puck battles. So yeah, you kind of, I kind of had that aha moment joining the program so young. And then I realized I need to commit myself nutritionally. I need to commit myself strength and conditioning wise on and off the ice. And so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now that you're up at training camp in Minnesota, your whole team's there. What does a typical week of training look like for you guys?
1: Um, well, this week is a pretty busy week. Uh, we, you know, yesterday we had a, a pregame skate uh, and then we played a game about Two hours away, and then we got back around one o'clock in the morning. And then we had practice this morning for a little over an hour, and then we had a workout afterwards. And then we'll play a game tomorrow, and then we'll practice, and then we'll play again on Friday, or we'll have Thursday off, play again Friday, and then practice Saturday, Sunday, travel Monday play Canada on Wednesday and Friday in St. Louis. And so a typical day is if we're not traveling or playing games, we usually have, you know, the, an ice session for about two hours. We'll have a workout afterwards. And then depending if there's meetings or not, then that's usually our typical day.
0: This is obviously kind of an in-season time for you. What do those off ice training sessions look like at this point? I would imagine you're not really making like big gains at this point. It's more kind of maintenance.
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Our strength coach is Cal Dietz. He works at the University of Minnesota uh, with the men's and women's hockey teams, and he's worked with all their teams there. So he does a great job managing our bodies based on our, our on a schedule, our game load. Like some people, you know, whether it's injuries, your healthy scratch, or however you're feeling. But usually our workouts are broken up into a lower body day and an upper body day. But today we did both, given the fact that we played late last night. We got home quick turnaround. So people are a little fatigued. So I think I guess it depends, but usually we focus on like a low lower and an upper. And also too, like, it's just, I think we've, we've definitely made progress. We've made gains and, and we've stayed healthy. And I think that's one of the most important parts of, you know, your strength and conditioning sessions in season is maintenance, making those small gains over time and staying healthy.
0: Do you guys each get an individualized training program? Or are you all doing the same lifts in these workout sessions?
1: we're all doing the same lifts, but there's definitely modifications for certain players if they need them. And if you're feeling this hurts or that hurts, or I'm sore here, he'll modify anything and everything based on the player. But for the most part, we're all typically doing the same thing.
0: Do you have particular goals for your personal workouts?
1: No, I think it's, I think for me, it's whether it's the same workout this week and next week, it's okay, let's be a little bit better next week. Or let's, you know, maybe I can increase by five pounds on my reps next week, or just trying to make those small gains week by week. It's kind of my approach and my mindset when I go into the weight room and also just reading my body too, because there's some days your body is tired and you need to be honest with yourself and how you're feeling. So, but yeah, no, it's, I think it's just for me, it's what I explained.
0: Do you guys still at the beginning of se- the season or at different points during the season do the fitness testing with how many pull-ups you can do and such?
1: Um, not, we won't do that in the middle of the season. No, because we're kind of in the middle of the season and we're less than 60 days away from the Olympics. So I don't think we'll do that. Well, I was just wondering
0: when you do do that fitness test nowadays, what does that entail?
1: So we'll do ben- a bench press test. We'll do a a pull-up test. We'll do a vertical jump test. We'll do a sprint test off the ice and on the ice. Uh, We'll do body comp. And I think that's, and then we'll do a skating test as well on the ice.
0: So the off-ice stuff is pretty general, like overall fitness. It's not super, you know, pull-ups, bench press. It's not super hockey specific. It's just kind of fitness related.
1: Yeah. Yep. The, I would say this the main the specific thing is the on ice skating test yeah, that we do. Sure.
0: When you are in the gym, do you have or if, even if you were gonna like to be working out on your own in the off season or something, do you have favorite exercises that you do?
1: Favorite exercises. I would say I love like one leg exercises because I just know it it correlates to hockey so well. And you know, I think my trunk needs to be strong. Uh, that's where my power and my speed comes from. So, I like like one legged workouts. I love like a good complex phase where it's like a, a lift with a plyo in between. Uh, That's probably like my favorite lift. My worst, my least favorite is definitely the eccentric phase. <laughs> <That's my laughs>
0: I was worst. just going to ask you I ask everybody if there's an exercise that they love to hate, like the one that they can't stand doing, but they do yeah, it because they know it's good for you.
1: Yeah. I would say, and it's funny because I just said I love lower like one leg workouts, but these are the ones that kill the most are the rear foot elevated split squats. And part of it's my own, I'm like my worst enemy because I'm like, okay, I did 60 pounds last week. So I got to do 65 this week. And so I'm like, I just like, they burn so good. If that makes sense. Like I love them, but I hate them. So
0: you're going to laugh at this. Every athlete that I have asked that question, NFL player, baseball player, skier, hockey player, all of them, everybody's love to hate exercise is a rear foot elevated split squat. Everybody's like, I'm like, all right, this is boring. It's the same podcast over and over again.
1: (laughs) But I mean, it's so good for you. And it's, it makes you so strong. It's, it's so good for you, but it's just the worst. (laughs) That's why we all do them. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Good for the booty. I've also seen you on YouTube and Instagram. You do a lot of weighted pull-ups with a very impressive 45-pound plate. Is that a favorite of yours or is it just something you think is very important?
1: So when I first joined the national team, one of our strength coaches um, was Mike Boyle. And yeah. I love Mike. I, I still use uh, his programs in the off-season through the Train Heroic app because he's in Boston. And for our fitness testing, we would have to do pull-ups. And if you did 10 body weight pull-ups, then you got a, 25 pound plate. And if you did 10 with a 25 pound plate, you progressed to a 35 pound plate. If you did 10 pull-ups with a 35 pound plate, then you progressed to a 45 pound plate. And given that I'm 125 pounds, like I'll give, you know, give myself not too much credit here. You know, I I'm a little bit lighter. So I moved through that, through that chain pretty quickly. And I've, I've been doing pull-ups with a 45 pound plate for a long time now. So I, you know, I'm my most, I think I got was nine round nine or I think I got 10 once, but I'm like, what's next. And he's like, just do 40, keep doing 45. (laughs) So I've been at like, last time we tested, I think I did nine pull-ups with 45 pound, a 45 pound plate. But so that's just kind of where my, again, like my always trying to get better, that one rep better, that 1% better mindset. That's kind of, I know where I'm at. I've been able to do them with the 45 pound plate. So it's kind of the, the standard for me now.
0: We had Mike Boyle on the podcast a few months ago. He's he's terrific. And he obviously trains so many different types of athletes. And it's so cool both to see how he adapts the programs to each individual type of athlete, but also how he keeps those basic foundational movements the same for everybody because we're all people and we move in those ways. He's he's brilliant,
1: Mike. Yeah. Well, that's why my, my husband and I, he's a football player. I'm a hockey player, but to your point, we're both people and we do very similar workouts, both with Mike's programming um, in the summer together.
0: So I was going to ask you, so your husband is six foot seven, 300 pounds. He's obviously a much larger human than you, but you're both athletes. Have you learned anything from him about training?
1: Oh yeah. We always, we always joke about like our height, weight, our height and weight differences. But I think that, you know, I think when you, even though we are very different in our body type, we're very similar in our mindset and our work ethic. And I think even for as big as he is, I've learned how well he can move. And I think that's one thing when people look at an NFL offensive lineman, they think they're big and they're slow. And it's like, no, these are some of the fastest athletes on the field for their, they have to move five yards every time the ball is snapped as fast as, you know, the fastest guys on the field and for a good five seconds, or maybe like three, three to five seconds, like he can keep up and I'll kill him after that. (laughs) But you know, he, he, like he's, he can move so well. Like, and you see how athletic he is in the way he moves. So, but yeah, no, we, we like to bust each other's chops when we, when we work out and like, for example, he, when I put a 45 pound plate on and do pull-ups, he's like, see, you're still not at my body weight pull-up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, you'd have to put 175 pounds on your plate. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's so like, that's what he, he's joking. he goes, and I go, and then he's like, sorry, I don't remember what it was like to do a pull-up in sixth grade. Cause he was my size in sixth grade. Oh, so, he, you know, he just, we loved like the, we love to banter and we just love working out with each other to, cause we're not, we don't want to work out alone and we have each other. So we love it.
0: You mentioned, so he has to move five yards, right? So for him, basically for you too, when you're sprinting off a line or, or sprinting for a puck, the first like three, four steps are the most important anyway. So you're basically doing the same thing. He's just stopping where you keep going.
1: Yeah. Or, or he's going backwards against arguably one of the greatest athletes on the field where he's running full speed at him forward. And I only, I usually only skate forward. So I think it just shows again, his athleticism. Like I'm not worried about going backwards as much as he is. Like he has to be able to move forward and backward while getting hit by someone who's 285 pounds, you know, it's like pretty incredible what him and his, you know, offensive lineman friends are able to do.
0: <laughs> I think you skate backwards just fine. Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I'm fine. I prefer forward. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: This concludes part one of our conversation with Kendall Coin Schofield. Be sure to check out part two and be sure to follow Kendall on Instagram at at KendallCoin26 and Twitter at at KendallCoin. You can also follow USA Hockey on both Instagram and Twitter at USA Hockey for updates on the women's national team as they finish the My Y Tour and head into the Beijing Olympics. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at foodofthegodspod or email us at FoodoftheGodsPodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant podcast production.